0: Art theft in the age of the internet is pretty crazy. On one hand, the internet can be a great place to share your art, turn your creativity into a business and garner a loyal following. But on the other hand, the internet can make it easy for your work to be copied without you getting a cent. Recently, Chris Brown was under fire for blatantly borrowing designs from artists Tony Futura, Vanessa McKeon, Catherine Losing and Maria Spurlik for his video, Wobble Up. Feminist baker Becca Rhea Holloway also confronted Miley Cyrus and Planned Parenthood for copying her cake design in a collab that involved Miley licking a cake decorated with abortionist healthcare. These are just some of a million examples out there. Whether it's fast fashion brands incorporating other artists' designs into their products, or small internet sites ripping off content made by Etsy creators, it's an overwhelming and seemingly endless problem. So what's the best way to deal with it? This is Pocket Money, a show about our money and our lives. I'm your host, Sally McMullen, and today I'll be exploring the world of art theft from the perspectives of the artist and of the law.
1: You know, stuff is being sold on eBay, AliExpress, it's being produced in China and Thailand, and they sell components to other designers.
0: That's Nikita Margarita, the creative genius behind the plastique, fantastique jewellery line Doodad and Fandango. The technicolored statement pieces are inspired by pop culture and street style. Doodad and Fandango has a huge social following, of which I am a part of. Although the designs are extremely unique, it's not uncommon to come across cheap, imposter versions of Nikita's work online.
1: It's been happening probably ever since I've been putting out stuff on social media. I have people send me links and screenshots of things, and there'll be times when it just feels relentless and it's just happening all the time and then I haven't had anything for a couple of weeks so I'm
0: having a nice time right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we don't jinx anything.
1: <laughs> you can't keep up with it you have to learn which are the fights that you can win and which ones you just have to let go. But something that I feel like I need to be clear about too is as a designer sometimes you think you can be copied but you're not really being copied like maybe other people are just having similar ideas to you at the same time. So that's something that I've had to also learn, the difference between people who are actually totally ripping you off and then other people who are just out there working in a similar field doing jewellery and stuff and they we just happen to be doing something similar.
0: And I can imagine it would be difficult to keep track of it as well. Like you said, you're having either, you know, your followers or just people online sending you stuff, being like, Hey, did you know? And I'm sure you're seeing stuff yourself.
1: Like I love people sending me stuff because I guess otherwise I wouldn't know about it. But then other times it can drive me crazy and then other times people will send me screenshots of other people's work, which is just similar and they're getting really outraged on my behalf and maybe leaving comments and things on other people's social media and I have to say, no, 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 no. They're just doing their thing. We're just doing something similar but we're doing it in our own way and so that can be a bit annoying. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate people Calling to my attention, but it's not always necessary either.
0: Wow, passionate fans. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's really nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I can imagine that would happen if you're drawing inspiration from pop culture and street style and stuff like that. A lot of the time, you know, you might have an idea, but somebody's drawing inspiration from a similar thing.
1: Yeah, and you know, the same thing has happened to me. I've been accused of copying other people as well. And I never have ever copied. I've never looked at somebody else's work and said, I'm gonna do the same thing. But of course, when you are all drawing on the same references, and we're all growing up in the same world, seeing the same stuff, there's gonna be similarities. There's things that are in fashion that we're all wanting to do at the same time. It's a real thing,
0: yeah. How do you solve it or get it taken down if you have seen direct copies of your
1: work? Well, Instagram is actually really good. With um, dealing with that sort of thing, it takes a bit of time to get all the proof together and links and, and things like that. But they want you to show basically it was your design first. So you just need to show where you had it on the internet first. And that's why it's really handy with actually having something on the social media platform with a date so you can very clearly show that you were the first person to do this. I have to say every single time I've reported some of this infringement that Instagram has taken it down straight away.
0: So the policies are in place and it's good to hear that they're actually being followed up but I know I've seen on your Instagram stories before when you've you know, pointed out that somebody's copied your work, then you'll go onto the account and you see all of your followers saying, take this down. This is a direct copy. Like you're taking away from small business, which is really, really awesome. But do you think that you need a following to fight for you to really make a difference if this does happen to you?
1: Definitely. When you have passionate fans, who really care about what you do and they can see how hard you work and they've been following you for a while, they know your story. It's so good to have people like that on your side. There's another type of copycat that is out there that hasn't actually happened to me but that's where like an H&M or a Topshop might steal your design and um, I've seen that happen a lot with small designers having their work ripped off and then all of their fans pile on and it's really created a movement and they've been able to get some sort of justice or not, I wish that something like that might happen to me because I think in some ways that can actually really make your brand quite famous. Being copied by someone really big, it can actually work in your favour and you can get a lot of notoriety and you can get a lot of people sticking up for you and um, you might even get a good payout. But uh, so far the only people who are copying me uh, just seem to be crappy Chinese factories. So come on, Gucci, come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Copy me. Yeah, come on, Miley, Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting. <laughs> and have you ever been compensated for your work that was stolen? You mentioned that you've gone through the process with Instagram and it's been taken down, but.
1: No, I haven't been compensated. Most of the people who I've seen rip me off, I would never imagine that they would ever be able to. Compensate me. There's been a couple of times when I feel like I probably should have, but I really couldn't be bothered to fight it. Uh, like I've had some of my designs put on uh, t-shirt designs by a t-shirt company, and I did consider taking some sort of action, but I can't afford legal fees, so they stopped producing it. And I thought, well, they've stopped. You know, maybe it would have been nice to get a little bit of money for that, but at least they've stopped doing it. So as long as that's the result, then that's that's okay.
0: It's almost as if the traditional tactics of, you know, getting a lawyer and and going that route doesn't work as well on the internet as if you do have a big following and you can say, okay, go boycott that brand for me and they'll take it down. At least you don't have to pay for a lawyer and and get compensated in the end. Maybe it's a better value for your money just to be like, all right, fans, go get them.
1: Yeah, I'm really reluctant to do that, though, unless I'm really... Sure. I've only actually called out a couple of people on social media and I'm very careful not to do that, to start a big warfare with any, anyone else just because I don't know about the legalities of, of, you know, that could turn into something. So I'm very careful. But yeah, you're right. It's very powerful. More powerful than a legal letter or... Public shaming is very powerful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in the social media age. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you protect your work? You know, do you put like copyrights or, or watermarks on your images or, you know, sharing work in progress videos?
1: As soon as I design something, I make something, I put a photo at straight away. So that's sort of my proof of date of, of creation. That's all I can do. I don't really know what else I can do. I can't afford to copyright anything. So that has to be it for now.
0: In your case, you've said that you've never been financially compensated for any of your designs being stolen, which is wild to me. How do you think that getting one of your designs stolen financially impact you in in the long run? Because it is, I guess, a small business, you know?
1: Well, I think most of the people that are ripping me off, it seems like the stuff's been manufactured in China and Thailand and it's being sold very cheaply. And I guess that the people who are going to buy a $20 item are never going to come and buy a $100 item off me. They're different people, I guess, different market. Am I really losing out on that money? I don't know if I am. I don't know if those people would ever come and shop with me anyway. They might like it, but they're the ones who are leaving comments on my my page saying, oh, you're so expensive. Wish I could afford it. So that's probably not affecting me too much.
0: Yeah, that's the price that they pay for not shopping with, you know, a small business that's making all of the jewellery at home rather than who knows where and by who knows who and with what products.
1: You put them side to side and it's just so obvious that they're getting what they pay for.
0: Yeah, exactly. So not good value for your money in the long run, guys. <laughs> this, is, this is a podcast about money at the end of the day. <laughs> Get good bang for your buck. And do you have any tips for other creators or artists out there what they should do if their designs or artwork or content, whatever it is, has been ripped off?
1: Well, I have a really good template letter that I got from another friend who's a designer who's been copied heaps as well. That's what I tend to send out to people to get a bit heavy and it really does work. So I'd just suggest getting a good one of those. And um, just making yourself aware of the Instagram process that you go through when you are copied. But I do believe that my job as a designer is to just keep on designing awesome stuff. And that's what I'm passionate about. And people can keep on copying as much as they want. They can try to keep up, but they never will. So designers, just keep on doing what you do. Don't worry too much about it.
0: And what about advice for, I guess, just small businesses who are trying to make it work as a full-time gig?
1: Oh, God. Well, I don't know if I'm the greatest person to give any advice because I really struggle. I feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. I just managed to make a living and I'm extremely grateful for that. All I ever wanted in my whole life was to work for myself being a creative. So all my dreams have come true. But doesn't look like I'm ever going to become a millionaire doing things the way that I'm doing them. But I talk to other people as much as I can and I really need more help with bookkeeping. So I'm, I'm trying to get on top of that sort of stuff at the moment because I really struggle with tax Ever since I became registered for GST, my life has become hell,
2: <laughs> uh, basically.
1: Uh, I have a bookkeeper now, but I don't feel like I'm on top of things. So I guess my advice is just sort of get advice, like talk to people who are experts in what they do, see how other people do things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Leave the creative stuff for yourself and then all the other boring stuff just outsource to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely
1: not my strong point. So, got to. F- reel it in from somewhere else yep
0: (laughs) (laughs) and what are your thoughts on instagrams that are maybe curating other people's art or images of your jewelry which i've seen before on instagram for like exposure if someone's reposting your work is credit or tagging you enough
1: I think it's enough because that's kind of what the platform is all about. Some of those accounts that have huge followings, they charge for you to put your work on their page and I would never actually pay for that. But yeah, I think tagging
0: is enough. And we touched on this a little bit before, but what is your opinion on, I guess, inspiration versus infringement?
1: I feel like I can look at something and know if we're both just doing a pair of earrings based on a cloud, like everyone can do whatever they want with a cloud, you know. But if I had done a cloud with a love heart and a this and a that on it and then, you know, it's, it's so obvious to me what is a real copy. But you know, it wasn't like that at the beginning. I am guilty of actually having accused somebody else of copying off me years ago. And now I look back and think, oh, no, that probably wasn't. I probably should have given that poor person a break. But I've learned that along the years to be able to differentiate between that. So yeah, you got to keep your ego in check sometimes.
0: And what's next for you? And where can people learn more about you and the brand?
1: Well, Please follow me on Instagram because I really enjoy creating content for that platform. Check out my website. If you see me, IRL, come and say hello.
0: Thank you so much, Nikita. I've learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thanks for having me, Sally. Of course. So that's the artist perspective. But what about the fine print? To find out, I sat down with Sean Graham, a financial services lawyer here in Australia. He's also quite experienced with intellectual property trademark and copyright work.
2: In Australia, the Copyright Act applies to most of the things that are created in a textual form. So it could be a story, an article, picture, a meme maybe, a painting, anything. Anything that's physical, that's created by a human being, is subject to the Copyright Act.
0: Can I copyright a tweet?
2: Well, it's automatically copyrighted. That's a great thing about the Copyright Act in Australia is that creating something gives it protection. So it's automatically protected. You don't need to do anything else for it. You just need to create. And so if you want to protect it a bit better, you can use a little copyright symbol and put your name in the year, but it's not absolutely necessary. The moment it goes out into the world, it's created. You've just got to be able to tie it to a human being and you've got to be able to necessarily prove that you did it.
0: So with that in mind, do you think that technology is advancing faster than this legislation can keep up with it? And that's how maybe some of these loopholes occur?
2: Well, the sad reality or the great reality for lawyers is that technology in society always uh, outpaces the law. So technology is moving so far ahead. It's uh, opening so many opportunities for us. And the question is, well, how do we deal with stuff that you create it in your um, flat in Surrey Hills and someone in California decides to rip it off and make handbags out of it or turn it into a meme or whatever it's going to do, how do you protect it? What do you do? Is the law flexible enough to adapt to it? Yes, the law is, but it takes time and more importantly, it takes money. I've always told my clients that litigation's for the very rich or the very mad, right? So you've got to be one of those two people.
0: And interesting about how people are using these like call to arms from their followers to help because for anyone who doesn't know, Fuck Jerry is an an Instagram account that mainly produces memes, but there are tons of other accounts like that that recycle the same memes and content. But the difference maybe with Fuck Jerry is that it's quite a massive business and they would have big advertisers and would be making quite a bit of money off of this so whereas maybe some of the other accounts like you said if they're not making money off it you're like well why bother and if they're crediting me maybe I'll get more followers for that but it's interesting that in 2019 it's more effective to like call out to your followers and get them to boycott these accounts than go through maybe the proper legal actions.
2: Social influence and social power is so much more effective than, than legal action. You might start it off initially when you see someone's infringing your copyright you might write to them or you might engage a lawyer to write to them. In both cases, you're doing essentially the same thing. People tend to react differently when they get a letter from a lawyer because they know you've spent money on it, so you're willing to spend money to pursue it, so they'll tend to you know, withdraw the infringing work or do something to fix it. If you just write to someone yourself and say, Sally, you know, you ripped off my work, if you bother to respond at all, <laughs> to delete you might just say, too bad, you know, so sad, I don't care. Uh, The lawyers, you can escalate it. But you've also got to be careful about once you start down that route, you're assuming costs. So you've got to make sure that you've done that cost-benefit analysis first to make sure that is this action driven by ego? Is it worth the time and energy? Because the emotional commitment for pursuing some of these is immense. The best way to generate more creative work is to bounce ideas off people. And this is where it's difficult because who owns an idea? This is the thing about copyright. The idea is not protected. So we can sit here and have a great conversation. All these ideas come up. The ideas aren't owned by anyone. It's the execution of the ideas. So if you, we chat about something here, you take it away and you build something, sure, that's protected by copyright. It's the form, the textual material form of the idea, not the idea itself. For example, you can't copyright dance styles. Right?
0: Oh, no. I know.
2: I know. It's a bit sad, Blake. I've had so
0: many in the works.
2: <laughs> you, you've been working on your whole portfolio <laughs> for so long. There's a lot of things that might be creative work that you can't do. But once you've um, generated the creative work and it's automatically protected, it's protected for 70 years under Australian law. So that's a pretty good way to do it, particularly if you can monetize it. If you, you film your dancing or you turn it into a audio or a podcast? Mm-hmm. I don't know how a dancing podcast would work, but, but, <laughs> but it might, it might have to use video. Next episode. have to use video.
0: But what should people do then if especially if they are, you know, a small business or, you know, they're running their business through Instagram or whatever it is and they've noticed that one of their designs or artworks or or pieces of clothing or whatever it is has been stolen? What are the steps that they should
2: take? Take that step back and try to have an objective assessment about what the issue is like if the school's taken one of your pictures and used it on their flyers for the, well who cares you might just go up oh, that's fine you might ring them and say, attribute it mm-hmm. if it's someone with no followers and no influence at all you might take a different position as well if someone's exploiting it for commercial value then there's a different position and so they're making money from this we want them to account for the profits they've taken from us because if they're producing for example jewelry they've taken my designs Copied it and are selling it at a cheaper price, effectively ripping me off. They should account for the profits as well as for the losses that they're inflicting on me. So, is this work copyrighted? Whose work is it? Now, it might be easy if you're working by yourself at home, but if you're working in an organization, do you own the copyright or does your employer own the copyright? In which case, your employer is the only one who can take it. So, you've got to figure out who owns the copyright. Is there a copyright? Who owns it? And then we go, okay, we want to take action. Okay, who do we sue? Because no, you're suing someone who doesn't have any assets or whatever else. I mean, this is nine years old now, but back in 2010, about 17% of the cases that went through the federal court were copyright infringement cases. So that's a pretty big chunk of commercial activity then. You can only imagine that's increased since, but it's really difficult to sustain those. So you're not going to sustain an action or a piece of litigation unless you've got the resources to push it and a reasonable chance of success. So in most cases, you look at it and you'll start off and you might send the letter and get your lawyer to send a letter. If they dig their heels and whatever, then you've got to figure out, do we go to litigation or are there better ways to do it? And I think the better way might be to just call out that they're copying. Particularly in Australia, we're fairly uh, easygoing on most things, but we don't like people who who uh, take advantage There's a great sense of natural justice in in Australian society. So I think I'd probably use social pressure to try to Mm -hmm. put a bit of... Name and shame. Name and shame. (laughs) It's, It's always successful.
0: And what if your work has been stolen by someone overseas? Yeah. Are you still protected by the same copyright laws in Australia if you've created it here or I I imagine that can get messy so
2: we've got a free trade agreement so theoretically you could commence action here and you know you can rely on the Australian courts to do it but there's got to be a connection so if they don't have any presence in Australia well what are you going to do are you going to commence it in the US and whatever else so there are ways to work around that the difficulties just get so messy from that perspective so if you're really serious about if you're developing designs which are market-leading or inspiring or have some type of commercial value, figure out ways to protect it. So the Copyright Act protects in Australia. You've got the capacity under US law to actually seek formal copyright protection. You don't need to do that in Australia. If you're an Australian artist and anyone contacts you and says, you know, for $50 or $100, they'll register your copyright for you, uh, it's a scam. The important thing to do, though, when you're creating work is to understand you might have to be able to prove that you created it. If you're an artist, you might have earlier drawings or shots of your work. You might have work in progress or or previous designs, All those things are important. If you're a writer, you'll have earlier drafts to be able to show that you've done this over time and it's your work, because that's one way to defend actions of copyright infringement to say, no, 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 I created this and I'll put it back on you to prove that you did it. And that's where sometimes it gets a bit messy, particularly with screenplays and with music, because... How do you prove that you did that? How do you prove just because you created it that I saw it and copied it? Because you can have independent creation as well. So we might have the same idea and they're similar, but we've never spoken. And I've never seen your work. It's just a, one of those um, glorious coincidences of life.
0: <laughs> and what if your business is on Instagram or maybe you're selling stuff through Amazon or Etsy? Yeah. What is the responsibility of the the platform that you're using and that company to ban or take down, you know, some of these accounts that might be selling stolen work?
2: Well, I think all the platforms all say that they, you know, are great defenders of copyright. And so YouTube spent a lot of time and energy taking down stuff that wasn't up there. And then normally they're acting on the interests of big commercial parties, right? So yeah. when Sony ring them up and say, you know, you can't put the entire Spider-Man film on YouTube, it's a problem. They'll take that down. They all will make some effort. The difficulty sometimes they don't know who owns a copyright. Okay, so if it's registered somewhere in the US, maybe you could do that. But otherwise, how do you prove it? And how do you prove that it's not different, particularly when it's a static image of something? Instagram's interesting because, well, you've posted it. If you've posted it, the presumption is that it's yours. And Instagram's terms and conditions allow them to use it and circulate it and whatever else. So there's stories around the internet of people who've taken a photo of themselves and seen it turn up everywhere right? without their knowledge or consent because whether it's Facebook or whatever, they've got the right to anything you upload, they can use. And that's the other thing about copyright as well. Remember that even though you created it, you might have assigned the rights to someone. There could be a licensing agreement, you might have sold it, whatever else, because you might have, if you've posted it onto one of those platforms, you might have effectively licensed that IP in a way that you didn't realise. So that someone who picks it up and uses it, they might have paid the platform for it, in which case... They're not infringing your copyright. Now, the responsibility of platforms is constantly being reviewed. So there's inquiries all over the world looking at what platforms should do. Recently in Australia, there was a court case about the obligations of the platform provider for the content put on there by users. And the platform providers were found liable for the content that came through there.
0: Okay, so we've gone through a lot today. And you've given me a lot of great advice and busted a a whole lot of myths out there. But if you could summarize, I guess, three key takeaways for artists or creators out there and what they need to be mindful of, what would they be?
2: Okay. So the first one is anything you create in Australia is automatically protected. You don't need to pay anyone else to to get that done. It's got to be material work and you cannot just use somebody else's work, even if you change it 25% or 50% or 60%, it's got to be a material change. So the courts are going to decide that. So always look at that and be honest about what you've contributed to it, and if you're relying on the work of others, then credit and get permission to do that.
0: Thank you so much, Sean. That was really helpful. And uh, make sure to copyright those dad jokes after this. I think your your <laughs> career relies on it. It's really important. Thank you. Thanks for the time. <laughs> so clearly, this whole world of making art online and copyright is packed with a whole lot of grey areas. And with technology continuing to move so fast and perhaps evolving faster than the law, it's probably only going to get more and more difficult. So I guess what we can do as consumers is be a little bit more conscious when we're shopping around. Support local artists, seek them out, and maybe think about who poured their heart and soul into that meme before you rip it off and share it. I'm Sally McMullen and our show today was co-produced by Ankita Shetty and Franco Ali with editing from Brianna Ansaldo of Bambi Media. Special thanks to our guests, Sean Graham and Nikita Margarita. You can catch us on Instagram as well, at Pocket money Podcast uh, for all the behind-the-scenes action and uh, hot money memes. We know you love them. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, feel free to share it with a friend and give us a nice little review.
1: The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice so please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening.
0: No thanks to Mark who left me in the lurch to pronounce all of these surnames is really hard okay